What up? What's going, everybody? We're back with some news. Some more technical work rate news. Technical work rate oh, news, yeah. and we got some decent stuff for this week, so kicking off JC with topic number one. Topic number one. We're going to go to the raw rating. Yes. Uh, 2.2 mil. Uh, now... Look, slight improvement. Slight improvement. <laughs> but 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 you know what? I'm glad you brought the rating. Let's actually talk about the show itself. Well, more than just the show, but who was who was basically helming this show? And this is a Paul Heyman show completely. Mm-hmm. And what you saw is something that was actually way more watchable than what you've seen in the previous weeks. Well, more specifically, like why it was more watchable? Mm-hmm. It was a soap opera. It had uh, definitely more soap opera elements. It wasn't so focused on the whole match-based bullshit that you see every week with Triple H. Uh, sure, he did have his smarky favorites that he was trying to shove down our throats, like Ricochet and Street Profits. But at least we got to see more character development. I like. I even had to post a tweet about it. I've never seen so much character development for AOP in their, not only their NXT run, but their entire main roster run. In one fucking backstage vignette, Paul Heyman gave more character development to these characters that I had ever seen. Mm-hmm. I thought that was amazing what he did. I mean, I know some people are shitting on the Maria and Mike storyline, but what that does is that sets up a lot of ground for us to get interested in, especially with where they're going to go with Rusev, where they're going to go with Mike. Mm-hmm. That's there's a some cool shit going on and I know oh, go ahead well, and what about Lana you know, the, and another thing that sets up what's going to happen with Lana so there's a lot of shit to think about there it, it, well it, at the very least it, I will agree I will agree it could have been well it could have been more logical like having they, they could have had more of a logical element but let's put it this way it was way more logical than anything Triple H has put out yeah no, absolutely well, and see the, and that's the thing too is that when you you get to see the difference between a Triple H show on NXT and on Raw for the past five years right. and a Paul Heyman show. Right. There's a difference there. Mm-hmm. Okay? And the, but it was a slight difference. Let's, we got, we got to keep it real. There was, it, it was a slight it difference. It was a slight but yeah. noticeable difference. And let me put it this way. Because of that show that Paul Heyman put out, mm-hmm. we had it fully ready to do a top ten sucks on Paul Heyman. Mm-hmm. We had it ready to go. He redeemed himself with that show, but he's still he's on very thin ice. He's on very thin ice. I mean, because let's let's face it, we were looking at who, at who was behind most of the writing for the last couple Raws, and it was Triple H and Paul Heyman. So mm-hmm. what that leads me to believe is that Paul Heyman was getting a little bit of a shit in, but it was for the most part a long, boring match-based block bullshit Triple H show, like it usually is. But this time around, when Paul Heyman was just by himself, he actually he. he he brought back a, a charismatic, awesome dude like Rusev, put him in a very important storyline, brought back Maria Mike, something that hasn't been seen for the last couple weeks. Well, and he's very he's very high on Maria Kanellis and, and, and Mike Bennett. You can tell. You, you could definitely tell, because when he's had the most control over a show, they've been on it. Like he, he in sees prominent what, segments. In prominent segments, because he sees what we see. He sees that they're too good. They are two good mic workers. Mm-hmm. They're, they're captivated. You know, they've got some charisma. To them, yeah, um, and you can just do something with them, and they have great chemistry. They do, yeah, they absolutely do. But to keep it real, it was a de- it was a much better RAW, but it ain't gonna turn the problems around. Like Paul Heyman, from what I saw, you're gonna need you're probably gonna need either Vince Russo back or Ed Ferrara or both. 
Well, he's what he was trying to do with yeah. that show is he was trying to get his shit in, yet leave enough in to appease Triple H so he doesn't lose his position on the show. I can understand the way he was booking the show. It's, he's a smart guy. He knows what he's doing. So I can understand the direction that he was going. At least, here's one thing I'm very grateful for. This is a rumor for you. Vince McMahon does not like Cedric Alexander and uh, wants to bury him. Uh, I'm just like, yes. This, what's, what is so special about this guy? I do not see. He's black. He does flips. What else? He has less charisma than Ricochet. And that's it, saying something. Hey, you know what? At least, at least they kind of had Ricochet acting on this last ride. You've got to give him credit for that. I did not have sex with your wife. <laughs> I mean, not like I wouldn't, but uh, 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 just the fact that he came out to ringside showing mannerisms, engaging Mike, you know, the wrestler in the ring, doing stuff that he usually didn't do. That showed that even Ricochet was forced to step up on that show. Yeah. Street Profits were fucking annoying as shit as they usually were, so fuck them. And this sh- that show was further proof that Triple H not only does not know what the fuck he's doing, but when he is in control of the writing, the ratings go down, the popularity goes down. Well, and, and you can tell he's an egomaniac that doesn't want to be told that he's doing a bad job. No. So he's going to do everything he can to fucking nose his way right into the fucking helm of everything and own it. That's what he's trying to do, is he's trying to own it. And he even was recently saying in the publications, Oh, this doesn't get enough credit for what he does. In other words, what he's trying to say is, the, the social media nerds shit on Vince all the time and they should be shitting on me. That's essentially what he said. Yeah, of course. Of course, because it, it drives me up the fucking wall that people do not recognize that Triple H has a lot of creative control of the main roster. It, the, the show fucking mirrors NXT most days. It I does. mean, it, it's sad. The, the format of the show is almost the same as NXT. It starts out with a, with a meaningless promo, and then goes into a, a long match after long match, Hold and up. very little soap opera. Meaningless promo with a bad mic worker that goes on way too long. Hey, guys. I'm the future. Hey, look. I'm getting back to At least Heyman interrupted him. I slayed the beast. I'll, I'll give him credit for interrupting him with the Firefly Funhouse. That was cool. Yeah, with uh, with Bray Wyatt. A much better, more charismatic mic worker. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, and he didn't even need to talk for that segment, too. He, so, so that yeah. was a good way to start it off. Mm-hmm. Problem that I had, when you're writing a show, especially a TV show, and you're trying to get a casual audience invested, or like by casual fan, I mean someone that is not a hardcore wrestling fan and doesn't really care about the wrestling matches, you got to have one storyline carry throughout the night. And they did that with the 24-7. They did that with the 24-7, but you got to have your one... And they did it with The Fiend and, and Seth? Did it? Yeah, it did. Mm-hmm. But it, it needs to it needs to really continue throughout the night and be like a central thread. And I don't think... I wouldn't say that it was. I could have swore that The Fiend had three promos that night. Maybe I'm wrong. But I definitely remember one in the beginning and one towards the end, like one. right before he uh, did the Mandible Claw on Kane. On Kane, but yeah. I don't see how that ties in with Seth Rollins, though. It goes in with the whole angle of Fiend being a legend killer. I know it's it's mm-hmm. kind of it kind of was too much at once, and I think it was away from the shoehorn Kane in an angle. So I kind of understand where they were going, but at the same time, it's just like you guys should have kept it just him and Seth. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as SmackDown, nothing really happened. But they, they, we'll, they, we'll talk about that during tarp down later. Yes. So just so keep, more more keep uh, that. more of your fake wrestling news. Right. Um, NXT. They're debuting on um, 
on USA Today. Tonight. Tonight. Touche, tonight. Um, they're going to have a bunch of people. They're going to have some guys on the main roster probably on that show. Kevin Owens. Kev- Kevin Owens is going to be on that show. Sammy Zayn probably. Zayn's wine and ash, yeah. Uh, Cesaro probably. Um, it's just going to be a, a two-hour NXT or one hour on, on USA, one hour. Who the fuck does a show like that? That's so jabroni. It's just basically That's- like, hey... We couldn't get the full two-hour block, so we had to split it up. It's on like, a Wednesday night? Right. What the fuck is on on Wednesday night? What's it that's... Okay, so I had to retweet what this asshole fucking tweeted out. He, he said, Everybody's talking about AEW and, and NXT and the Wednesday Night Wars, but what if NXT beats Raw and SmackDown in the ratings? And I'm just like, what the fuck? Yeah, my, my response to him is, what happens if you get laid? Not Seriously, happening. You not, fucking dork. Not happening. Seriously, you you think NXT with their with their mark fan base is going to be? You know what? Maybe this Maybe. is this is the type of guy that installs fleshlights and waifu pillows. Yeah. The the only way that could happen is if Raw and SmackDown are are tanked because of Triple H's dumb creative vision and stupid fucking roster. Exactly. That only appeals to dorks like you. Well, and, and you know what really pisses me off is I saw a picture. In fact, TNT's uh, main uh, social media account was promoting this. They were promoting a Young Bucks action figure pack. And it said, how would you like to see these on the shelves? And I, and I flat out told them, I was like, why don't you worry about how they're going to do first before rolling out action figures? I even predicted a .6 to .8 after the first show. That's my prediction. They're not going to go above a one after that first show. I guarantee you that. No, because I'm looking at what they have. It's garbage. It's basically like Impact with the worst roster. That's what it is. Honestly, Impact Wrestling has a better roster. Well, that, that's it, what I'm saying. With the yeah, worst roster. Well, well, yeah, because like looking at Impact Wrestling's current roster, it w- it has more casual fan appeal than WWE than most of WWE's roster and definitely all of AEW's roster. Well as much as we diss the shit out of Don Callis, one thing we have to say is that Scott Diamore and Don Callis have always had a good eye for talent. But what about Chris Durko? They're, yeah, like and what did I say about Chris Bell? He's a fat fan. alcoholic tomato. And that's exactly <laughs> and that's exactly what what the casual fan that two Luke was like, oh Chris Jericho, I remember him from when he was on, on Raw and the Attitude. And then when they see him Yeah. Aww. Aww. They're not going to get interested in, in that fat bar hag. It's going to be hard to. With his orangutan titties, it's like nobody wants to see that shit. And, and then you, you got like a 50-something-year-old Dustin Run- Like, he's not even gold dust anymore. He's just Dustin Runnels. Yeah. Who, uh, you got the Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy. It, it well, was- especially with Dustin Runnels wearing the sad clown makeup. It's like, he looks like shit. Cody Rhodes looks like a total fucking dork. The Young Bucks are total fucking dorks. Kenny Omega, total fucking dork. Pac's a buff midget. Fucking Adam Page is like creative wrestler number 35. I swear, it's like their whole roster of jabronis. The only person on that roster that has any kind of potential, MJF. That, at, least, at least he can talk. And Luchasaurus without the mask. And Luchasaurus without the mask. That's, that is... And Penelope Ford. Okay, so we didn't include their females. Allie too. Ali's good. Yeah. Brandy's good. Yeah. Penelope Ford is good. Uh, who else is there? Yeah. Eva Lee's is okay. Yeah. Eh. Yeah. I think she's okay. She's okay. So our next bit of wrestling news. Next bit of wrestling news. Um. Let's see. I'm, I'm looking at 
ring, ringside news here. So Becky Lynch trolls Sasha Banks for being related to Snoop Dogg. Okay, so what's, so, to, tro- what's to troll there? Well, you know what? I'm glad you brought up Sasha oh, Banks. I gotta old. talk about Sasha Banks for one second. Do if it. you guys were watching Raw, this bitch got a fucking shoot kick in the gut into Alexa Bliss. Did you see it? Yep. Okay, so this stupid bitch got a shoot shot in. You could even see how Alexa was looking after afterwards that this was, like, legitimate. Like, she was pissed. I'll bet you anything they got into a yelling match backstage. Yeah, but Sasha's not a pro. Sasha is not a professional athlete, and that's why this greyhound-looking fucking cunt has a part two coming her way along with Bailey. Ooh. Both of them. Ooh. Both of them got a part two coming up, just letting you know. It's happening. So... They really do need it. Oh, Tommaso Ciampa's returning mechanism. Oh, uh, he's not even wrestling. He's just hobbling out to the stage and fucking staring at Johnny's dick. Who cares? I will wrestle again. Same old shit. What? L- literally, I ain't even fucking joking. Last time he came out with Johnny, they stared at each other's cocks for fucking one minute straight. They did not lift their eyes up from the crotch area. I'm not even fucking playing. It was very weird, and they cut a very homoerotic promo. That's what I'm, t- I'm tired about wrestling. It's it's so fucking nerdy and gay nowadays. I'm tired of it. Okay. Um, Give us news. More news. Damn it. Come on. Here we go. All right. Oh, okay. So Baron Corbin won the King of the Ring. Good. Good. Fuck the Smarks. He's made a lot of improvement. Yeah, that's so still got a way to go, but he's, he's getting better. I bet you anything that was a Heyman call, because I tell you, if Triple H was booking that show, Jed Ga- Gable. Jed Gable. He's got heart, determination. You and, can tell the way he works in the ring. And he also got no fucking heat at all when he came out. The crowd was so fucking cricket whisper quiet. It was that's, so that's quiet. Either a good, that's either a good thing or a bad thing. That's a really bad thing. I've always said if you get if you get no reaction, that is the worst possible reaction. Yeah, but out of, out of the people there that they had in the tournament, that you know you're going to try and do something with. I like I said, the, my dream final would have been Ricochet. I'm sorry, would have been Baron Corbin and Drew McIntyre. Yeah, that would have been good. That would have been set. Yeah. Two fucking big charismatic looking guys. If Drew McIntyre win. Yeah. You're good. Yeah. No, instead have him job out in the first fucking round. Yeah. God, they're assholes. Uh, fuck. All right, this, so this fucking sucks. All that's right. uh, that's been it for our our news roundup this week. Thank you for joining us, and we will see you next week. Uh, yeah, make sure to check us out on Spotify as well. Peace.